I came across somebody's picture randomly on my Instagram and it kind of reminded, kind of made me think back to um, middle school when I first started writing. And I'm right now I'm sitting in front of my computer and I'm not, I, I won't say I'm stuck again because it seems like I'm stuck every other day, uh, every other damn day, but it just kind of made me think about when I first started writing. So I think on this tape, this recording, I may, maybe if I talk about when I first started my foundation and how everything happened and the way stories were forming back then, maybe I'll, it'll pull me out of this um, writer's mini block, this, this writer's freeze. So let's get into it. I keep forgetting to number these episodes or these tapes, so we're gonna be starting now. So tape five, titled Middle School. Writing for the culture, writing for the soul, writing fiction. Oh, the writers only. No, God, no. Um, that's definitely not original. I don't really know what I'm going to call this, but for now, let's just jump right into it and see where it goes. Documenting my writing. Take one. If you made it this far to listening to this podcast, then you sure already know who I am. But my pen name is Desiree, and I'm an author of a bunch of shit. And I'm currently working on a supernatural, paranormal fantasy, murder mystery, urban fiction, whatever. I don't know. We're just throwing stuff out there, but that's what I'm currently working on. But so I thought back to um, the very first book I picked up. I I, should, I probably hadn't, I shouldn't have been reading it anyway in the first place, but it was in the closet. I don't, I... I really don't know what possessed me to read it because it looked like one of those old, like, old religious historic looking books that you only see in an old library. There was no cover, no the cover. Um, what do you call those things? The cover sheets, the the one of the type, one of the covers that you can just take off, and then there's the book itself, just naked pages, and that's it. It was one of those books, so I don't know why why I decided to read that book, but I don't even, I wasn't even in that closet looking for a book. I, to this, now that I'm thinking about it, how crazy it is. I'm like, why was I reading in the first place? I didn't like to read like that. I did, if it wasn't like the line, the witch in a wardrobe, or there's a boy in a girl's bathroom, something kitty, I really wasn't reading it. But around 11 going on 12 years old, something told me to go in that closet searching through searching through whatever and I found that book and I just have I'm like oh I think I just happened to turn to the very first page kid you not the very first page in this it's you know on the first pages of the book it's like half of the paragraph is like starts right in the middle of the page everything else is just left for like chapter one or intro or prologue whatever the very first paragraph probably within the first three to four sentences She's in the kitchen. The wife is in the kitchen, minding. She's, I don't know. I think she was already, um, I don't, I can't remember exactly. I just know she was in the kitchen. Her mood was already kind of down. The energy was already down. I feel like I remember gray. In my mind, I picture it when I read books and I have it pictured in my mind. I never forget it. Like, I never forgetting the set. I never forget the setting or the place. So, right now, I'm picturing the gray kitchen, the dull lights, really just monotone, like, no personality whatsoever in their home. And her husband walks through the door with a baby in a carrier, like a little car seat, brand new baby, just just fresh out the womb baby. And he walks in 
and tells his wife, the mother of this child just died. First paragraph, mother of the child just died and now the baby's my sole responsibility. I need you to help me take care of this baby. He's telling his wife that, that's his outside baby. I, I don't even think I had to flip the page to turn the page to see what else was being said. I was already hooked. I was like, whoa, I don't think I left that closet that night. And if I did, it was probably because my mom was calling my name like Desiree. And I'm like, huh? Calling my name. And so I'm like snatching a book up towards my chest, 11, 12 years old. I'm like, oh God, oh my God, oh my God. This shit is crazy. What did I just stumble on? Like, what did I just walk up on? Like, this has been sitting in this closet collecting dust in the dark this whole time, this life? Man, I stayed, I finished that book. Um, I don't think I don't think I was a speed demon back then. I don't think I was like the speed reader demon back then. So I I think I took my time with it. I was probably having a sneak to read it. And I wish, I wish if I knew where that book was, now do you you don't understand? I will be that book is like the holy grail, okay, of my writing career. The holy grail. All I remember is the woman's name was like Prudence. Either prudence or trudence, something like that. True, something, something like that. Prudy, prude, I don't know. It's something like that. And she ends up falling in love with the child. The child is clear because she doesn't have kids of her own. I don't know if she can't. I don't think she can have kids. I don't know what the case was, but she couldn't have kids of of her own. And she ends up falling in love with the baby. She ends up finding this guy who I don't think she liked him at first. I don't know if he was like a dweeb or what, but she. I think this is by then she had moved out the husband's house. But I feel like she probably took the baby with her. I, cause he, maybe he wasn't a good fit. I don't know, but I just know he was mentally like abusive, maybe verbally too. He was a little psychotic. And I guess he thought she was just going to roll over and do as he, as he says. And in the beginning, it seemed like that too. I was like, oh man, she's, this, uh, my 11, 12 year old self, like, oh, I, I would never, I could never, you going to have to get up out my goddamn house. But she ends up falling in love and it's a really great happy ending. I think the husband was like distraught and like just the right amount of regret from the husband to make me like really love the book. Like I need, I know books are supposed to be mimicking real life, but I, I don't, we don't, I don't need real life. I, I, there's real life. I already live it. Like, I want to be in a fantasy. I want the husband to feel like shit. I want him to regret what he did and what he continued to do. I want her to find love and happiness. I want the baby to be healthy. Like, I want all the stereotypical things to happen in the book. It has to happen in the book. Like, I don't want deaths. I don't want none of that. If it's not a happy ending. And I'll go to Walmart, see a book. I'll read the last few pages first. And if it's not a happy ending, I'm not going to read it. I don't, I don't need that. There's no, I don't need that. I don't really remember which book came first in my, in my hand, um, Fly Girl or The Coldest Winter Ever. But, oh, I think I, I want, I really want to say it was Fly Girl. I want to say it was Fly Girl that came first to me. And I, and it was one of those books that was being passed one person in that, in, uh, seventh grade had the book, seventh or eighth grade, one person had the book and it was this thick, thick, colorful, thick book. I remember the chunky earrings and the pages were just so beat up. The cover was worn out, but everyone, it was like crack. It was like crack in middle school 
in the hallways, the who got the fly girl? You read you you almost done? Can I borrow it? Who got it? Who got it? It's almost like you had to be in the know. You had to have the right connect to have to borrow that book to read it. Otherwise, you were gonna be missing out. Everybody and mind you, I went to a a fairly diverse school. Um, I did not go to my very first time going to a majority all black school was college, HBCU, Fort Valley State, FESU, RU, okay. And so middle school, it was very much sub suburbs, apartments. I guess, I mean, I don't, Sandy Springs, um, Sandy Springs had its moments, but it wasn't, we not, it wasn't like Southwest Atlanta. It wasn't the West side. It wasn't the East side. It wasn't South side. It wasn't none. It was none of that. It was, it was legit just Sandy Springs, Roswell, Dunwoody. We're talking up North, North of Atlanta. And so when you're reading, when we're reading these books, like this is a lifestyle, maybe some of the girls was living it up there back then. I don't know. I mean, possibly, but for me, my shelter behind, no, this was like tapping into a whole different lifestyle. Like the urban lifestyle, no way. Like, it's like you put, as soon as you bring, bring your head down into the pages, you right there on the streets with Victor, riding in the car in the basement, just just doing all just just living that 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 young fast life through the pages but then as soon as you lift your head up oh i'm back home um in my room just base you know regular house you know just dog everything i had a regular life just a regular life very sheltered fairly sheltered and so when i discovered fly girl fell in love wow fell in love completely but it was not enough to get me to start writing. Almost, almost, but it wasn't enough to get me to start writing. But when I read The Coldest Winter Ever, man, and that's a book. I know people say now, the argument now is it didn't really age well. But so it's maybe Fly Girl and The Coldest Winter Ever are one of those books that you probably had to read in a certain time period. Because now when you read it, I think I, I think I started to read Fly Girl um, probably about a year or two ago. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I'm, I really want to get into writing in a uh, third person. And I was like, well, let me just go back to the basics. Let me go back to what I'm used to. I think I probably read two pages of it. And I said, no, I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't my mind now. And I don't know if it was because I'm a writer now, a, a, a quote unquote professional writer, or if the book just did not age well, but I'm like, Oh man, this not, but that's not the case because I my preference everybody anybody that knows me knows I like I prefer to read old romance novels like we talking about stories black romance novels that was like based eighties the early nineties I like to read stuff like that I don't I don't like to read what's happening now it's just I don't like it so when I read the coldest winter ever oh so when I read Fly Girl it wasn't it didn't age well to me so I I stopped I was like I don't before I don't want to ruin it. It's a classic to me and it's going to stay a classic. I just won't ever read it again because I already know it's going to be low-key. It's going to be low-key trash. But I am not, that's not to say that the writing is trash. It's just, I I don't want, it's it's a classic. It's up there. It's probably one of the best stories I've ever read in my life. But And I want to keep it that way. So with The Coldest Winter Ever, when I read that story, I felt it was a little bit more mature. It was a little bit more... A little bit more rugged. The energy, the vibe was very much 
aggressive. And I guess it's because where it was based in New York. And oh my gosh, just that book was being passed around like crack too. But with that book, once I was done with that book, I just remember saying to myself, I can write that shit. I can write this. I don't have to go nowhere. I don't have to live this life. I don't have to, I can write that. I can write that. And all, and I want, I wanted back then I was like, I can write this, but better. And so I did. I took some copy paper, um, from my mom's printer. Cause for some reason, maybe, I don't know why I didn't have a notebook readily available, available, but back then it was just the copy printer, uh, the copy paper. And I started to write, but my writing at the time wasn't, I didn't really know how to do the quotations and all that extra stuff. Mind you, I was like in low grade reading classes too. Like I didn't, I just was shit in language arts classes. So I passed, but I comprehending, I just wasn't focused enough to comprehend, you know, when Abraham Lincoln married his wife or whatever, little prayer house on the prairie. I wasn't trying to focus on that. So I took the copy paper and I started to write out like like it was a play, almost like a script. And I would write my stories like that. And my blueprint, all my blueprint was always coldest winter ever. How that page, how it starts off in the very beginning, that very explosive first paragraph, and how she tells you, winter tells you who she is, who her pops is, who her family is, what they mean to the streets, like streets of New York, like. That was always my blueprint. And I started to write. And that matter of fact, I feel like that's like the the urban fiction blueprint. Maybe a few other stories, a few other classic novels helped shaped, uh, shape urban fiction. But there was always that that blueprint that authors that herb uh that writers follow. And I think I want to say I did that all the way up until I still had that blueprint all the way up until um Bambino. And I put Bambino out in 2016. So we're talking about 2002, 2003, all the way up to 2016. No, just no, the development was slow as fuck. And that blueprint that authors follow, that urban uh, urban fiction authors follow, it's always that same outline, that same plot. The the good girl, um, the kingpin, the... um, the, the setting is always the streets. Maybe the girl's a virgin. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's, I don't know. It's just, it's always, it's always the hood dudes that, you know, are the male. And they, maybe they're abusive. Someone's always abused. There's someone that's on drugs. Um, and the argument is that this is that, this, and it's true. It's a valid argument that people, like this happens in everyday life, real life shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think I just got to a point where it wasn't so much trying to, cause I've never lived that life. I don't know anybody that's lived that life. I'm just, I just want to write about it cause I like, I admired it. I love, love to read. If I want to read about something, I'm going to write it. So, but you know, what's so crazy, so funny in high school, once I got my first job, shout out to Whitewater. Once I got my first job, the only books I, I feel like I've kind of backed off from urban fiction and I started to read more romance, contemporary romance, romance novels. And then that's when I got into, uh, I I think I got every paycheck. I went to Walmart and got me a brand, a new book. And I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to the next paycheck because I just buy the little $5.95 books every week. Every Friday I buy a book. 
And I still have some of them, still have some of them. Some of them I'm still trying to recollect because I foolishly gave a lot of my books away at a flea market. But I was going to college and I needed money. So, you know, fuck it. But I'm getting them. I'm slowly building my collection back. So I started to go through a whole romance thing. And then that's when I was doing the fan fiction. But I still kept that same outline, that same foundation from Coldest Winter Ever, Fly Girl, how the characters were formed there, how the girls, how the female characters differ from the male characters, the drama, the abusiveness, the drugs, the I wanted to keep all of that in there. Because I'm thinking that's what what makes the story a good story for urban fiction. But after a while, you kind of you kind of uh, feel like you end up wanting to take a risk and just kind of venture out. So I to to I don't know if I still I don't think I still stick with that same formula. I think I formed my own formula now, or just a new formula where I can write about different families and the dynamics and. Cause I don't even have a big family like that. I think on the other side I probably do, but I don't know. The, I don't know my dad's side. So, but I, I imagine it to be a huge family, huge, huge family. But my mom's side, everyone is just like, "Whoa, who are you? Like, who, who? I ain't seen you and who's kid? Who you kin to? Like, it's nobody knows nobody." So I think, and so I think I probably enjoy writing about a bunch of families and kid, you know parents and their parents and the kids and their kids. I love, I like it like Game of Thrones type shit. I love that stuff. Um, but I think once I ventured out side of that outline, that urban fiction, that, that quintessential, and I feel like any authors that write urban fiction, if they're listening to this right now, you know what I'm talking about. Every time when you're about to start a new story, you already know What's going to happen, how you already know. I mean, mind you, that story can have a life of its own and things can happen. But there's always the guy, the kingpin. There's always the the dope dealer. There's always that that thugger thugger dude that just that every girl probably secretly wants to be with. And then there's the good girl, the sweet girl. who Maybe she a little savage on the low. Maybe she she's a daughter of somebody big time on the streets, you know. And I tried and charmed. I tried. I I still even try to put some a hint of that in there, with Jasmine, her father being from the streets versus her mother being, from from wealth, from, you know, high class in Atlanta, and those two meeting and having children, blah blah blah. You know, so if maybe if I did their story, it would be, it would be something similar to what I'm used to, what I used to write. But once you venture out, or once you get that courage to kind of just like okay. Let me try something different. Let me, because readers eventually pick up on that too. They pick up on the fact that you can, they can read a story and all they have to do is just change the character names out and it'll be the exact same story. They pick up on that shit. But yeah, I just getting out of that basic outline, that basic, um, and it's not basic. It's not basic, but just that, that it's like a comfort zone. Once I took off that comfort blanket, and just said, fuck it, let's just go all the way in. Let's do something different. Let's no, let's even let's just find a a different formula to 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 re, to do, to recreate. It's it, it's a kind it's a beautiful thing. I hope more writers kind of, especially in that genre, well, all genres do it, because all romance novels are the same too. But I hope writers start to venture out and maybe start to cross-blend storylines and genres and you know, just make it their own. 
It's so I don't make don't be afraid. I was afraid for the longest to break away from coldest winter ever. Um and just my foundation. But don't I don't 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 be afraid. You you got it. You got it. Another thing I remember doing back in middle school, I used to there was this girl, I don't know, um, I doubt if she'll ever hear this. I don't even know if she remembered my name or not. But um, we were super, super close for that like one year in uh, middle school. And she, I feel like she probably moved away. Anyway, she, I think for the summer, we exchanged numbers and we just talk on the phone from morning until like the afternoon, evening when her mom would come home. And we just talk and talk and talk just about, just about everything, right? I don't know what I just like soon as soon as my mom is out, I'm grabbing the phone, the cordless phone or the house phone. All right, let me call her up. Let me see what she's doing. Just talk and talk and talk and talk. And I remember we had we both had this obsession with uh the movie Holes. And she, I think, I don't remember who she I like Zero. I liked him. But or the guy who plays it, I was obsessed with him. You probably see him like in the shade room comments now, but I was obsessed with him. Like, oh my God, so obsessive. And I don't remember who she was obsessed with, but is the the dark? I feel like maybe it was the Brandon guy, the dark skinned dude with the glasses. I don't remember his name, but he was insignificant compared to Zero. So we would sit there and talk about the you know the story, and I remember coming up with this entire she probably knows it was I, I want either I said it was fake or we just we she just ran with it but I I think I came up with the whole this whole mental story in my head of meeting him meeting zero for the first time getting his number and we just started talking and so every day call her up how's zero and she had to know because if how was it possible that I was talking to him meeting him and I stayed on the phone with her all day like, how was that possible? But I had this. So every day was like a, is like a new dream. Just retelling the story. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're on our way to uh, Burger King right now. And I'm bringing the phone. I had the, I'm, obviously I'm bringing the cordless phone with me. Or I want to say um, one of them, one of the Disney stars got arrested in my mind. And I was there to see it all. So I'm telling her the story. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, he just got into a fight. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's mental what I was doing. I had to be mentally disturbed back then because I was creating fan fiction and verbally telling. I didn't write none of this down. None of this was being written down. But it was like fan fiction being created in my head and I would just tell her the story. I was, and I used to do that with my brother Um, back in elementary school, I want to say. I would get objects around the house. I'm like, all right, it's story time. Let's go. Come on. It's, it's story time. And he would, uh, I was like, you ready for a story? He'd be like, yeah. And we'd just sit in the living room. I'll just grab candles. I'll grab uh, little statues, the little African statues and whatnot. And I'll just make them talk. And I just started creating these stories. And we'll sit there for hours. just, And he'll sit there and watch. He'd just sit there and watch and listen. Because um, if, if he interrupted, if he got in, then it, it, it destroyed the whole thing. Like, it's like, you know, you're not, like, let me do this. This is my movie. Let me do this. But between, so I, I, I asked my mom and um, I think I asked her something about 
No, I think I told her. I said, man, you know, I've been telling stories even before I was writing. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, it runs in a family. You know, so-and-so is a griot. I didn't know what that, I didn't know what that was. She just recently told me um, someone that's a storyteller or we can't retell stories passed down from whatever, whatever. So she's talking about her brother who I'm hoping will let me kind of record him and let, let him, let him tell some stories. Cause every time I see him, it's, it's a bit, it's another war. It's one war story to another war story, a bunch of military stories that I hear all the time. Um, and then her sister is a writer. She's a storyteller that I'm going to have here on the podcast. And then their dad was one. So I guess I, she said she thinks it got passed down to me. Um, but they, she said storytelling runs on that side of the family. They all, everyone always has stories. Everyone always got something to say. Um, and they get, they get into it, express it. We act it out where, you know, she said, yeah, she's like, um, that's what she's like. It's like, he's always been known as a griot. I was like, oh, never heard of that before. But yeah, it's so, it's so crazy how now this is what I do. For a living. I legit just tell stories for a living. And I've been doing it all along. Like, how crazy is that? Unbelievable. I am kind of excited now to write, to get to writing. I didn't, I didn't think talking about writing would get me excited about it, but lo and behold, it's kind of like it's this recording actually kind of worked. I'm kind of shocked. Kind of shocked. So yeah, I'm gonna end this recording session. Um, I don't even think I'm going to ask any questions to, of myself because I'm, we already know what I'm about to do. I'm about to write. I don't have any snacks, no dinner. Oh, well, I am kind of hungry, but, um, my writing space will be probably my bed this time because I, I want to be comfortable and it's kind of cold in this house. It's a little too cold. Um, which storyline is speaking to me the most? I'm anxious to get to Anansi. And I'll explain that whole idea in a different tape. But he's he's coming up. He's finally Akil. His his actual name is Akil, but he's channeling. He's supposed to be Anansi the Spider, the storytelling god. So I can't. I cannot wait until I get him in this story. I'm. You guys are gonna be like, whoa. For those who know who Anansi is, it's like whoa. Uh, describe. My current writing space, like I said, my bed, but it's raining outside and it's that pretty rain. Like it looks like um, the raindrops could be like soft, little thin, like snow flurries almost. Like you can see it, but when you go outside, it's like, it's so gentle on your skin. It's like, it's it's welcoming. But, um, but the skies are a little bit cloudy. It's like a dusty white and the neighborhood is quiet. It's really quiet, really, really quiet. The writing goal... Let's just get this book done. Let's get this shit done. That's all. That's the only goal I got right now. So after all that, after everything's said and done, let's get to it. Over and out.